Welcome to today's Jersey Joe's on Sports podcast. Let's get started. Put my mic on! anybody how are you today <laughs> just kidding everybody yo yo let's go it's time again for another jersey joe's on sports podcast i'm greg b and i'm here with my buddy johnny hey johnny how you doing today bud doing great actually hot here in northern virginia today i wasn't ready for this so i got some shorts on uh, but anytime you can put shorts on in february and not have to get on a plane uh, i'm not going to complain no i hear you i hear you tough time uh, in the sports world right now it's the uh, february blues uh not a whole lot going on normally you know every four years you look forward to the Olympics kind of carrying you through to make that bridge from football to uh, the NCAA and bat and baseball. But I got to be honest with you, I can't get into the Olympics at all, John. I'm, I'm tired of the all the political garbage. Uh, I don't care if uh, women's boobs are hanging out of their their uh, dresses when they're doing the ice skating or uh, or anything else. And these, uh, you know, between the figure skaters and everything else, I just can't get into it. Uh, I will watch the uh, U.S. hockey tonight. Looking forward to that. But besides that, I don't know about you, but I can't get into the Olympics at all. No, it's 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 a farce. Uh, the fact that the Russians actually have any athletes there at all um, under the flag OAR Olympic athletes from Russia. I don't know what kind of bolt that is. If we're going to have to switching over to men's hockey, um, Olympic hockey, if we're going to have to go against guys like uh, Kovalchuk and Pavel Datsuk playing for the OAR, I think we got to mm-hmm. send uh, send a little bit better of a team. I mean, look, I, I, I give the college kids a lot of credit. I give Brian Giata credit for putting the skates back on and I know what is he 38 or 39 now yeah um, he's really it's not, old it's not realistic to compete against you know the a team a team from uh, Russia that's uh, fielding you know an all-star team from the KHL um so right. so it, it's hard to get into I, I watched a little bit of the uh the biathlon the, the biathlon uh, team uh, relay uh, this morning yeah. Um, it, it was mildly interesting because the level of difficulty is definitely there. But, uh, you know, in typical fashion, NBC Sports, you know, keeps chopping it up and killing you and hitting you over the head with so many commercials that you can't get any continuity into it. So uh, pretty, pretty awful coverage. Um, you know, I, I'd say it kind of it's kind of fitting for the network that put Katie Cork on the air um, when she, she made the comment that uh, last week that the reason why the Dutch uh, skating team wins in the Olympics every, uh, every every four years is because Holland is a nation full of canals and pe- 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 people actually travel by ice skate over there. <laughs> there so you go. She had, started, she had started up a Twitter storm where the Dutch were tweeting back to her, yes, and in the summer I go swimming for my groceries. <laughs> there you go. You got to love it. You got to love it. That just shows you how bad things are, uh, you know, with, with with the Olympics in general. It's it's honestly, I, I haven't been able to get into it. Like I said, it, it's been terrible. But luckily, uh, you know, the college hoops has been pretty, pretty solid. And I will say that I think that we're going to have a great tournament in store for us this year. No reason real, uh, you know, outright best team, I, I don't think. You know, I think your Wildcats were probably there, but with some of the injuries and some of the things they've been going through adversity-wise, I can't see them, you know, as a pure lock. Virginia, obviously solid. Duke is is still underachieving to me. I don't really know what to make of it there. You know, Tom Izzo's always going to be in the mix. And then you got some other, you know, fringe teams who are really coming on, like Cincinnati, Purdue, Texas Tech, North Carolina, really surprising. Great, great rebounding team, great second-chance team. 
Um, I don't know if Roy has enough, though, to take them deep, but you never know. Some of these teams, you get hot, but uh, I think college hoops is starting to heat up, and it's getting exciting. Very exciting. Um, I will say that uh, even though the Wildcats went into Cincinnati and kicked the Musketeers in the teeth on Saturday, which I thought was one of the best games of the year. I mean, it was a lot closer than the final score. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that Xavier team is as balanced a team as I've seen all year. Uh, they're well coached. I could see them uh, seriously threatening for a title. They're, they're that good. Um, and I hope that the Wildcats don't have to play them a third time this year. No, I agree. You know, it's funny. I, 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 I you know, everybody uses RPI and stuff like that. I, I, I've always relied on the uh, Ken Pomeroy's listing. And, you know, he's got Xavier at 12, which is kind of surprising to me. I think they're a little higher, too. Um, but, you know, he's got Virginia right now, number one. And I, I it's hard to argue with that just because of their consistency all year long. No, v- Virginia, I think, is a clear number one right now. Michigan State uh, is right in, right there, close behind them in the argument. Uh, Tom Izzo is always has his guys well coached up come March. Um, the Wildcats are in the discussion. Uh, Gonzaga is sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're a different team than the Wildcats beat uh, back in December. I can I see them there. Uh, Wichita State is creeping up. Big win over Cincinnati yep. on Sunday. Yep. Um, but but to your uh, to your first point, it is wide open. Uh, yeah. If you look towards the bottom of the top 25 or even if you look into the, the teens, you've got a couple teams like Ohio State, Clemson, Rhode Island – that I wouldn't be shocked if they if they made a run for the final eight or possibly the final four. No, I agree too. You know, you got Arizona sitting in there, St. Mary's, who's very solid. I like that St. Mary's team. I've watched them a few times. They're pretty good. And Tennessee's very athletic too. That's a solid team. They're a sneaky team. I, I agree with you uh, on St. Mary's. St. Mary's is good just because just because uh, Gonzaga makes them roll over like a dog twice a year uh, doesn't yeah. mean that they should be discounted. Um, no. St. Mary's is, is is good. They're well, well again, well coached team, big team, uh, and a fun team to watch and, and wager on because they're on late. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, you know, read a little earlier before we came on the air today um, that you know, with all of the things that went on at Louisville too with Coach Patino, they were basically stripped of all of their wins from 2011 through t- 2015, which means their 2013 national championship is now taken away from them. I mean, give me a break. Seriously, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you know that bringing in strippers and hookers is is uh, you know the way to do business to get kids to go to your school because I'm certainly not in favor of that. But at the same time, what's done is done, and you can't take the national title away from those kids who went out there and played and busted their butt to win a national championship. That's ridiculous. Well, well, not not only that, but the uh, University of Louisville attempted to appeal that decision, and the NCAA refused to even allow them to appeal that decision. So I've got I've got a you know. A question to ask out there to, to to you first of all, and then to anybody that uh, that ultimately listens here. Um, why do why don't these other schools do the same thing that the University of North Carolina did when the NCAA caught them with their pants down, mm-hmm. uh, giving grades to kids for fake classes, allowing tutors to write their papers for them, and the NCAA found them guilty of sin um, according to their rules, and the NCAA threatened to hit them with all sorts of sanctions. And you know what North Carolina said? you will leave the NCAA and mm-hmm. the, the NCAA backed off. Yep. So why, why don't some of these other schools take take a take a, a page out of North Carolina's playbook here? No, um, I, it's inter- it's an interesting point you bring up. I, I think that I, I I guess I think the thing with North Carolina is they just feel they're so Teflon they can. And I think that you know a school like Louisville, especially with its checkered past and what what's gone on there with recruiting in the past and everything else, I think they're just too scared to do something like that. Where I think you know North Carolina is a little bit more confident in what they got going on, and they're uh, they're they're not afraid to put their uh, you know their nuts 
cuts on the table and, and see what happens. Well, you know, maybe maybe you need somebody to, to step forward from some of these other schools um, and not take it laying down, you know, kind of like Syracuse did with Jimmy Beheim a couple of years ago. I mean, you can cite, you know, an en- endless examples here. Yeah. Um, sh- should there be something? Yes. But the NCAA, um, you know, they, they have they, the pendulum is either all the way to one one side or to the other. There's no there's no reason in between. They either hit you over the head with a sl- sledgehammer or they send you on your way with without even a slap on the wrist. So uh, I think, you know, Jay, Jay Billis, uh, very, very vocal critic mm-hmm. of the NCAA. And I don't always agree with uh, with Jay because I think he's a real Duke homer. But he is yep. a, a real student of a lot of the issues um, that, that uh, impact college basketball in a negative way no, uh, right, I, now, right now. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, I just thought that's ridiculous. And I, I, don't, I, th- I think the worst part about it is, that, you know, at the end of the day, you're penalizing the kids and, that, and that's not right. A- absolutely. Especially how, how about somebody that signed on and didn't even get to go there yet? Right. And then, and then they're co- sort of caught hanging in the breeze or they're caught in limbo. Uh, mm-hmm. The coach that recruited them, the whole staff that recruited them is now indicted or suspended or both. Um, th- there's got to be a better fix here because at the end of the day, you know, it is it is about the kids um, improving their situations, uh, their own personal situations, enriching themselves through athletics here. Absolutely. And it, and it goes back to the old argument, which, I, you know, which has been a, a big topic of conversation for many years is, you know, how, how do you properly compensate these kids? They bring in millions and millions of dollars for their universities. And, you know, all they want in, in a lot of respects is, you know, a couple bucks so they can get home on the weekends or, you know, a couple extra meals here or there or, so, you know, some extra, you know, money that they need. Uh, I realize that they're getting a free education. I'm not taking that, you know, and, put, you know, putting putting that to the side and downgrading that. But uh, but I think they should be, you know, some somewhat compensated somehow. And I think if they were, you wouldn't have a lot of this, uh, you know, a lot of the antics that go on with this whole recruiting and everything else. I think it would be a little bit more of a even playing field. Absolutely. Give these guys some sort of living, you know, stipend, give them something for their clothes. Like you said, for some uh, for some food, um, some, something just so that they have some, you know, some, some additional dignity. Right. Um, you know, some of these kids are going to school at some of these high end universities that are full of very, very wealthy students. Get, get, give, give them a chance to kind of uh, to kind of socially sort of fit, fit in there. Um, I, I think it's absolutely uh, the right argument, and the right thing to do. Uh, I know John Calipari has spoken about it a lot of times. Uh, they haven't you know, figured out something that makes the most sense. But hey, you know what? Maybe all the D1 schools should just get together and tell the NCAA they're resigning and form form their own uh, association and send send those idiots packing. Yeah, no, that would be very interesting to see. Hey, the other, uh, you know, something else I want to bring up is we're getting real close to uh, baseball here. I know uh, we're beyond pitchers and catchers now. We're full mode spring training. I looked at a couple uh, of the uh, lines uh, over the weekend, over-unders on uh, baseball, and uh, found some interesting uh, odds out there. The one that really jumped out to me was the New York Mets total wins 81 I I can't see how the Mets with that starting pitching uh, rotation of DeGrom, Syndergaard Harvey, Vargas and Wheeler how they can't win at least 81 games I mean to me that's a lock well I think that that's a that's a great point that you bring up there uh, adding Vargas is a great steady uh, starter if not spectacular at least he's going to eat a lot of innings up for that team absolutely um, but Syndergaard Syndergaard's back strong DeGrom mm-hmm. back strong this is a this is a sneaky team um, that I think is going to exceed that number and then some you look at their uh, you look at their their very strategic uh, offseason moves that they made I mean bringing Bringing Jay Bruce back, Bruce back yep. is is an excellent move. You're adding uh, the Todd father, yes, um, at, to the third, at third the hot base. corner, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it kills me that we're going to be seeing the thumbs down over at City Field instead of Yankee Stadium where it belongs. But no uh, kidding, 
You know, the Yankees had their chance. Uh, Yankees are sort of rolling the dice on third base. But uh, no, I think that I think that Mets number is one that you want to hit. No, I agree. And, and you know, Cespedes has been doing yoga in the offseason. So, you know, God only knows what he's going to do. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I guess it's better to better to do yoga instead of riding around in that three wheeled three wheeled jalopy that he was tooling around in uh, spring training last year. What is that thing? A slingshot or something? They call it? <laughs> Who the heck knows what that was? That was pretty comical. Hey, to jump over to the Yankees, though, I mean, in your in your mind, I mean, I know we got the big three uh, in the rotation for the Yanks with Tanaka, uh, Sabathia, and Severino. Uh, obviously, Gray's going to be the fourth starter. But uh, do you see Montgomery starting this season up in the bigs as the fifth starter? Or do you think they leave him in AAA for a while, get get some uh, work there, and then bring him up later? What are your thoughts about that? And the other thing is, too, what do you do with Adams? Um, did they call him up earlier? or does he stay down for a while? I think Adams stays down for a while. I think Montgomery breaks camp as the Yankees' fifth starter, mm-hmm. and they're going to have him on a short lead. Uh, they're either going to ha- probably have him on an innings watch or an innings count again. And they've already mentioned the possibility of inserting uh, Chad Green, Green into, the, yeah. into the starting rotation, which I don't like because he was he was the Yankees sort of, uh, you know, he, he was their mojo guy out of the bullpen last year. Almost, almost you know, to take a page out of, uh, you know, the Yankees of yesteryear, this 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 guy was like the, the new Yankees, uh, Ramiro Mendoza, you know, the guy, yeah. the guy with the rubber arm who could come in and uh, get some ground balls and a double play ball and get you out of trouble back in the dugout. So I, I I hope that they keep him in the pen. Uh, the pen is obviously still very strong uh, with him there, you know, mm-hmm. along with Adam Warren. Uh, hopefully, Batanz has uh, got himself some uh, some wild thing glasses so we can figure out a uh, way to hit, hit anything oh, in the dish again. God, that uh, would be nice. You know, the other thing, too, is you got you got German and uh, Sessa, too, that you could bring in and start it in a pinch. But those guys can do be your middle inning guys, too. But I agree with Green. I think you got to you got to uh, you got to leave him in that other role. I, I, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, in a perfect world, the Yankees would have figured would have already figured out a way to get Ellsbury out of town, even if they had to eat like 80% of that awful contract, just mm-hmm. so that you could make sure that you're opening up enough at-bats and enough innings for these young guys to get in there. Because you got a real logjam log in the outfield right now. You know, you've obviously got Judge over and right. Yep. Um, I think you got to break camp with Hicks as your starting center fielder. I would and agree. Then, and then Guardian left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yankee Left field in Yankee Stadium is difficult field to play because of the glare in uh, uh, these day games. And I'll tell you, Gar- Guardy really has it down. So I think he's got that locked up. But now, you know, you've got you've got Ellsbury on the bench and you've got uh, Clint Frazier on the bench. If you could get rid of Ellsbury, I think you could open up enough at bats um, and potential starts for uh, to get Clint Frazier in there. Because, I mean, look, this guy, I think, is the real deal. Um, you know, I think it was a good move for Cashman as much as I loved Andrew Miller. Uh, mm-hmm. But he 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 got uh, both Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield back in that trade. And uh, Justice Sheffield looks like he is the real deal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another another pitcher that the Yankees got back. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm optimistic about the Yankee farm system. It's nice to have some of these problems, but it would have been great to get uh you know to get uh Ellsbury off the books um, no I I agree no I agree but I think I think I think the Yankees are set up really well and if and uh you know if we're not the only ones that think that because you know Red Sox go out yesterday and get JD Martinez because they know they need a little bit more pop in that lineup because they're a little nervous too I think uh you know as good as the pitching gets you know in the in the AL East for for you know the last 10 years or so it's basically about scoring runs and they they needed something and uh they went out and they got themselves a pretty good player so they're going to be they're going to be right there with the Yanks fighting tooth and nail I think going up to the last week of the season again no he, he look um, JD is a great player when he's healthy he's a mm-hmm. guy who you could almost uh, write it down that he 
he's going to miss, you know, four to six weeks with some sort of, you know, mu- muscle strain or uh, t- stub his toe. I mean, this guy is good when he's healthy, but I tell you, he's he's uh, he's fairly injury prone. And now that he's a Red Sox, I hope he's even more injury prone. Um, so uh, no, it's a good it's a good signing for the Red Sox, uh, but still they're they're going to be leaning on their lefty starters when they try to uh, trying to try to start pitching to uh, Murderer's Row 2.0. So, no kidding. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching those games this year. I agree. It's going to be a blast watching that Yankee lineup go week after week. Hey, to over under for the Yankees, 94 and a half. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a that's a good number. I, I think, think so, actually, I think that's a really good number. I, I think that this team should win 90 games. Would you be surprised if they won 100 games? No. No. Would you be surprised if they won, you know, less than 90 games? I'd say, yeah. yeah. Um, but but with 94, 94 is a pretty good number. I don't know if I touch it. No, I'm with you. Red, Red Sox are right there. They're 91 and a half. Yeah, I think they've got more holes. I think I would take the under. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that jumped out at me, too, and I found it really interesting because I, I like it as an over, is the Ro- Kansas City Royals. 71 and a half. Yeah, who do they have left? I guess is the Yeah, is, I think you know, I think they got enough left is, is is what I'm thinking. And I also look at their division and, you know, I just there's nobody that's going to, you know, there's not a, a couple teams that are going to continually pound them. I feel like they, they still got enough left from, you know, two years ago when they had the team that, you know, made it all the way to the World Series that they can still, you know, make some hay. And 71 wins is not a lot. Yeah, I'm looking real quick at their projected starting lineup here. Um, you know, Salvador Perez at catcher, solid player. But now mm-hmm. I'm just going real quick. Cody Ashey, Whit Merrifield, Alcides. Escobar, Cuthbert, I got Alex Gordon out there who's older than dirt yeah. uh, in left field. Um, you're st- you're at the top of your rotation is Danny Duffy. Ian Kennedy is their number two. I think that guy gives up like 50 home runs a year now. Yeah, so, he does. Uh, he gives up a lot. You know, if you had to hold a gun to my head, I'll take any under there. Are you really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, today is the uh, official signing day for basically franchise people. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts as we, you know, think quickly back on, uh, you know, some of the bigger items or bigger, bigger teams that have some interesting things to do here this week with uh, signing you know you think about the Vikings with uh, Keenum um, you know, what What do you think they're going to do? I mean, I, I find that, that that's one of the more fascinating things, too. And the other thing is Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, they unable to get a deal with him last year. Um, they gave him a one-year deal. Uh, you know, they're going to try to franchise him. And uh, the other person that comes to mind is I know the Giants are very aggressively seeking some offensive line help. Nate Solder, he's going to be available. And the uh, Pats cannot refranchise him this year. So he's going to be on the market. Is that somebody you think the Giants go after? Just, you know, real quick, kind of talking about football here. Absolutely. Absolutely. The giant, the giants should be looking for, you know, a veteran, veteran offensive lineman in that mold. Somebody that's got, you know, enough tread left on the tire. Um, I know that that doesn't narrow it down a whole lot, uh, but there are guys out there. Um, mm-hmm. I have not, I, you know, I have not done a deep dive on free agency. No. Uh, b- being down here outside of DC, you know, which, which you hear uh, about is that the Redskins were actually considering uh, franchising cousins to make sure that they got something mm-hmm. um, um, in exchange for him. Should, you know, they work out a trade uh, to send him someplace else. And, and frankly, if you're cousins, you take, you take, that deal, man. You get paid $23 million to sit on a bench behind Alex Smith. Absolutely. And everything else we're reading in the New York rags is basically saying that the Jets are going hard after Cousins and it's almost going to be a done deal. That he's going to be the next Jets quarterback. Yeah, which... he's, a good, he's a good QB. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a good QB and I think that the Jets just would be hard-pressed to find somebody uh, somebody better than him. Uh, we mentioned the Vikings before. I think that you hold on to Keenum, no doubt about it. The guy the guy played well last year. He played no, well. I agree. His QB coach is still there because the Vikings forbade the Giants to, from uh, interviewing him. Right. And I think the uh, odd man out, believe it or not, that whole situation is going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, un- unfortunately, you know, Teddy was starting to play well before he blew his knee out. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a sad story. You hope he catches on someplace else. You, 
hope that he gets a starting job before Kaepernick does, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I like my, I like his odds far better for sure. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> as, as I saw my favorite Valentine uh, card from the NFL Mems uh, website was a picture of Kaepernick and it said, I'll get on one knee for you. Happy Valentine's Day, which uh, I thought was pretty that, good. That, that, that one was excellent, but uh, I, I, you know, I'm trying to remember the jingle from the Buffalo Bill one that I sent you from, uh, <laughs> from, from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yes, that was, that was excellent too. That, w- that one was extra special. My wife was out of town on business uh, on Valentine's Day and I sent that to her and I got silence for a while. So There you go. I love it. I love it. Hey, Johnny, well, I think I think we're going to uh, put a wrap on this one for today. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll try to jump on and get another one out before the weekend, maybe catch up some more on some college hoops. Certainly you don't need to talk about the Olympics at all because who really cares? And uh, well, we we've, got, know. we've got uh, some Champions League uh, this afternoon. Uh, yes, I believe we do. I believe you're right. We do. And uh, you got and Chelsea, Chelsea, Barcelona, and you've got Bayern Munich, Bastikas. Good, mm-hmm. good. Uh, at least the Chelsea one is going to be a good game. And tomorrow you got Sevilla, uh, Manche- Manchester United, and then uh, you got AS Roma fight, uh, playing against some team from Turkey. I'm not even going to try to pronounce their name. So uh, no, and you bring up Chelsea, which is interesting because I believe I saw Chelsea uh, their upcoming schedule. The next five games were like ridiculously impossible. I don't know if you if you uh, looked at it, but I think uh, I think they play Barcelona. I think they play uh, who else did they have on there? I think they had Real on there. Um, and then they had like Tottenham, uh, Man U, and Man City, I believe, were like their next five games. Which is great because that bodes well for teams like Liverpool, who um, are really you know fight, fighting for uh, fighting for a top four spot. Um, and a shout out to those Reds for their uh, five nothing blasting of Porto on uh, last week's uh, Champions League. Uh, uh, round of 16 matchup, which I thought was absolutely beautiful. Everybody was talking about how great Porto is. They win the Portuguese league every year. Nice job showing up there, Porto. They got your teeth kicked in <laughs> five to nothing. Gave up a hat trick to Sadio Mane, baby. There you go. And and how about Man City blowing a game yesterday? That was kind of shocking. It, it was, but uh, you know, fr- frankly, you're going to stumble. It's such a long grind of a season. You're going to stumble once or twice. And their their lead is is so laughably big at this point. Um, they, they they've got that thing locked. No, uh, very everybody true. else is playing for second you know second doesn't really matter all that matters is you make it in the top four and that you're not sent to the uh, Europa League in fifth place no good good point no che- just uh, just I looked it up real quick Chelsea's next five games Barcelona today then they got Man U Man City Crystal Palace Barcelona again I mean give me a break <laughs> that's that's uh that's the that's called running the gauntlet absolutely uh, so uh, no he's got some exciting stuff there um, I'm just going to touch real quick on hockey Devils winner of four, winners of four in a row playing the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight play themselves yep. back into playoff relevance again big uh, game ba- basically all on the shoulders of uh, Taylor Hall uh, that, that trade is uh, look, looking like it was a genius move trading uh, Adam, sure La- Adam Larson for uh, Taylor Hall so uh, yeah we're pretty happy with that one no right now it looks like the Devils and the Hurricanes going down to uh, you know getting those last two spots is what it's looking like now but there's a bunch of teams not too far behind my Rangers obviously made their first move today, basically sending uh, Holden off uh, to the Bruins. They got O'Gara back in a third-round pick, so uh, the fire sale has begun. Yeah, look, the Rangers have had a great run. I think you and I have talked about this before. They've had a great run. It's time to reload with draft picks and, uh, and rebuild. And Sather has been very emphatic about the fact that he wants to stick around for this rebuilding process. So I think yep. that's good, good for the Rangers. I think so, too, and hopefully they'll make the right moves. All right, Johnny. Well, hey, that's a wrap on today. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we'll get back hopefully later this week, talk a little bit more. But uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll catch you uh, catch up with you real soon. Sounds good, Greg. You have a good one. All right. Take care, everybody.